Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. I want to see how long it will take for me to start talking before it gets awkward. <laughs> Good morning. Is it already awkward? I'm a little, little hot, maybe. It's a little hot. Can you hear me okay? I sound a little funny. All right. Anyway, hey, good morning. My name is Lyndon. I'm uh, one of the leaders here at Lighthouse. Good to see you all this morning. Man, it's a packed joint. This is fun. I do not go to Jimtown, even though I'm wearing Jimtown maroon this morning. I get there's a lot of Jimtown folks here. Some of them you don't really know that by by what just happened with that little whoo. But anyway. Sorry, I'm a little distracted by the, the ringing. But hey, if you're joining us here this morning, thanks for being here. If you're in the beacon, welcome. If you're online, howdy ho to you too. So, all right, does anyone have a material possession, like a shirt? I, I hope you do have a shirt you're all wearing shirts today, but that has, a, that has a stain on it that's dirty, that's become stained, and it makes you sad. Like, uh, oh, you just have that favorite shirt that you've loved so much, you got it long time ago and you've worn it all the time but it's got a stain on it and it just drives you insane or you might still wear it but maybe something else covers it up or maybe you've got your your a vehicle and it used to be clean but the seats now are just kind of stained from too much elbow grease in the summers maybe or maybe someone spilled some mustard on one of the seats yeah looking around yep yep you spilled mustard in my minivan one time yeah i remember that it's hard. Or, or maybe if you're a homeowner, you got some stained shingles. Anybody see those stained shingles? Yeah, I see signs for stain removal for your shingles. And every time you pull in, you see that stain. It's like, oh, man. Oh, you just want to get rid of it. Well, I've got the answer for you. <laughs> Take a look at this video. I've got one of these hood vent screens. You probably have one of these over your stovetop. This is what collects all the cooking grease and smoke from your cooking. And with Whippet, watch this. I'm gonna spray Whippet directly onto this hood vent screen. You're gonna see how powerful the plant-based ingredients in Whippet really are as Wait a degreaser. Wait as soon it. as this touches the water, oh. you can see how it immediately goes to work, breaking down and emulsifying the emulsifying. cooking grease and smoke over, that builds up over time. You can see the power of Whippet. The best part about Whippet is that it's all natural. All With natural. no acids, bleaches, or ammonias, look how Whippet cuts right through that grease and grind. I've got one. Isn't that awesome? Wow. Isn't that satisfying to watch that? My daughter right now is probably rolling her eyes. She loves to say the word satisfying. It is, that is satisfying. To me, to see that dirt just fall off, wow. So I have actually no idea if Whippet really works. <laughs> looks like it does you know it's always, it always is too good to be true maybe sometimes but um, they actually go on to, to show all the other things that it can clean but getting that dirt out of that vent it's like oh isn't that it's just such a nice feeling to see the dirt be gone so about eight years ago I went on a mission trip to Nicaragua with Clint and one of the work days it was, it was hot it's Nicaragua right it's super hot there and hey, what are we doing? Well, you guys are gonna dig a hole, okay? And here with shovels and picks, okay? What kind of hole? Well, for a latrine. Those are big, aren't they? Yes. So if you've ever dug a, a dug a hole for a latrine, 
You might know, and you might not have, but we did, and if it's, it needs to be big, right? You want it to be really big. So we got to work, and we worked and worked, and we worked really hard. And as we got down deeper, to get the dirt out, you had to put it in buckets and lift it up like this to the next person, and they would take it and throw it. And there's dirt just getting everywhere, and we worked really hard. Well, we got it done, and I have a picture of what I looked like after that. That, I might have been cleaned up a little bit, actually, from that. I, yeah, I remember that was eight years ago, so I've gotten clean since then. So that day, that day, I think we ran in, jumped in the lake, we were on an island, and we got cleaned up, and I came out looking like this. Wow. <laughs> Not really, that picture was from about a month ago, but... The point is, it felt so refreshing to get clean. I was really tired at the end of the day, and believe you me, we, we got work done. We got that hole dug. I don't even think it's near full by, yet, by now. It's been eight years, and they think they got 40 years to go on that latrine hole. It was big. But the, the part about it that was awesome was it was so nice to get clean again. It was refreshing. Even though we were tired and bruised and, and hurt, it was good to be clean. Cleanliness is a really big deal. Okay, uh, Cleanliness and neatness, actually, they make a huge difference. There are studies that show uh, the lack of organization and neatness in your life actually raise, they, they can elevate levels of cortisol. And cortisol is your body's main hormone for stress. It's your stress hormone. And with, if your stress is high, that can also lead to other things, feelings of fatigue, tiredness, depression, just because you're unorganized and you're not neat and you're not clean, okay? Clean and tidy spaces, your home, your office, your car, I'd say your body, your personal body, right? They have quite an impact on the mind, okay? Being clean. Boost performance, too, just, oh, man. And, okay, if you have a vehicle and you take the time to detail it inside and out, doesn't it feel like it just runs better when it's clean? Yes, okay? It probably has nothing to do with it, but it does. It feels like oh, it runs better. Like I feel better about my vehicle now that it's clean. With all that physical cleanliness in mind, how about spiritual cleanliness in our spiritual lives? How are we looking there? How clean are, the, are our spiritual lives? How clean are we this morning as we're sitting here? Ooh, think about how clean is my spiritual life? Does it look like I did after digging a latrine? <laughs> is it a little stained? Maybe a mustard stain on it? Maybe it smells a little ripe? And if so, if it's not so fresh, and if it is stained, and if it is filthy or fit a little bit of this, a little bit of that. What are we doing about it, I asked this morning. The Bible has quite a bit to say about cleanliness in our spiritual lives. The Bible's word for cleanliness is holiness, or holy for clean. And there's quite a bit that it has to say about that. Here are a few verses. 1 Peter 1, 15-16 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written... Be holy because I am holy. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, 
perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And one more, 2 Timothy 1.9a says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. So God, who is the very definition of holy, right? We can see he's calling us to live holy lives. It's pretty straightforward. All right, so we've been in this message series called Divine Identity. Knowing, what is it? Knowing something, knowing God by his names. I need to know that better. Knowing God by his names. And last Sunday, oh my goodness, if you, if you missed last Sunday, you need to go back and, and watch or listen to the message. Clint shared a powerful message on, do you remember God's name that we learned last Sunday? Jehovah Jireh, right. And that is God, my provider, God the provider. And it was fantastic. It was a powerful message. Really, really good. And so, naturally, we're learning another name of God this morning. And I don't know about you, but for me, this has been really fun, like learning new names of God. It's, it helps me feel like I actually know God a little bit better. I and mean, it makes sense, right? You know more about someone. It helps you know them better. So, um, yeah, it's been really good. So, our scripture this morning is in Leviticus 20. If you want to turn, it doesn't matter if you want to or not. Go for it, whatever you want to do. It's on the screens as well. Leviticus 20, verses 7 and 8. They say, Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. That last portion right there. I am the Lord who makes you holy. The Hebrew word for that phrase, who, the Lord who makes you holy, is Jehovah Makadesh. I don't know if I'm saying it quite right. I did look it up to see pronunciation. I believe it is Makadesh. Some people might say Makadesh, tomato, tomato, whatever you want. I don't really, it doesn't matter. But Jehovah Makadesh the Lord who makes you holy. So there is the title of today's teaching, Jehovah Makadesh, the one who makes us holy. So the word Makadesh derives from the Hebrew word Kadash or Kadosh and is translated in English to sanctify, holy, dedicate, consecrate, sanctuary, or hallow. Again, Makadesh means I am the Lord who makes you holy that we read there in Leviticus 20, verse 8. So again, another name of God. It's fun. Let's, let's jump into it. But before we do, let's pray. Father, this morning we come before you, Yahweh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Makadesh. And we are honored to be called your children. And God, we, we're, we likely aren't pronouncing your names right. And I know how we humans like to have people pronounce our names right. But I don't think you are too worried about pronunciation. I think you're pretty excited about the fact that we're looking into what your names mean. And we want to honor you that, honor you with that this morning. Search our hearts, know our hearts. Give me the words to say. Speak through me this morning, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so if you have a handout and you want to follow along, we have a few points. Uh, the first point is we can be made holy by making some personal effort. By making some personal effort. 
Leviticus 20, verse 7 says, again, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. That's the NIV. New Living Translation says it like this. So set yourselves apart to be holy for I am the Lord your God. And the message version says it like this. Set yourselves apart for a holy life. Live a holy life because I am God, your God. So as you can see, effort is required. And we're talking about effort right now, first point. And we are to consecrate ourselves. You might be thinking, I've never heard that word before. What do you mean? We're supposed to concentrate? Yes, concentrate on the word consecrate. Consecrate is the word... And what does it even mean, right? It feels a little old, like pretty biblical. And it is. The the word consecrate, the definition, it's a verb. It's to make or declare sacred. Especially to devote irrevocably to the worship of God by a solemn ceremony. In the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, um, the Israelites were um, getting ready to cross the Jordan and they had the, the Ark of the Covenant to take across. And, and you don't just go and you pick up the Ark of the Covenant, right? I don't know if you're familiar with Old Testament. The Ark of the Covenant was one of the holiest things that had God had deemed it holy. It had his law in it and everything. And they were very carefully taking this. And in, in order for them to actually even pick it up and carry it, um, this is what they were told. Joshua 3, 5 says, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And again, he was telling them to get ready, to carry that ark. We're going to go across the river. We're going we're to get that ark to safety. And then again, in First Chronicles, David was telling the, the Levites to prepare themselves again to carry the ark. And this is what he said. They're taking it back to Jerusalem. First Chronicles 15, 12, he said to them, You are the heads of the Levitical families. You and your fellow Levites are to consecrate yourselves and bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to the place I have prepared for it. So the consecration, it was a ceremony, right? And we're not going to go into too much detail of what it was, but basically they went through the, the motions and the actions of physical cleaning. They cleaned not only their bodies, but their clothes, and I'm sure they had a special tide with bleach that they used to, to wash their clothing just right, or, or whatever they used, hyssop, honey, I don't know. But everything was done very painstakingly and very carefully to make sure that all the physical filth of their bodies and clothing was removed so that they were then ceremonially clean and, and consecrated before God, right? It was a, a physical act that they could do in order to be spiritually clean, Okay. So we don't have too many ceremonies like the consecration ceremony today that I know of, right? But in a way, like we, we can consecrate ourselves. And how do we do that? We can purify ourselves by reading God's word, jumping into this, and, and preparing our hearts for God. Another, word, another way to say consecrate is set apart. So we can set ourselves apart uh, from our daily thoughts, our daily activities, what's going on in our lives, step back, set ourselves apart, consecrate ourselves, prepare ourselves for worship or for reading God, looking into God's word, whatever. 
It's being in God's presence, okay? All right, so how many of you enjoy going to the dentist? Is there anyone in here? Oh, my. What's wrong with you? Okay. Here, that's, that's how I look when I'm at the dentist. I probably look awful like, they probably like, does he hate us? No, I, well, maybe I do, but I, I really don't enjoy going to the dentist. I hate when they're in my mouth and grinding and I hate it. But regardless, it's important. I know it is. I go once a year, and I haven't had cavities for about eight years now. The reason I have not had cavities for about eight years, yes, I, I think I, I have good teeth, right? <laughs> my, my dad gave me good teeth. Uh, he didn't try too hard. But anyway, so I made an effort to, to start flossing, right? I, ah. Flossing. Up until about eight years ago, I always thought, why would you floss? That is, that is such a nerdy thing to do. Like, only dentists do that. Like, do, and do they even floss? Like, they tell me to, do you? But I realized, okay, I'm paying my own bills now, and I hate when doctors are drilling in my teeth. So if I don't like that, I should take care of them. So I, I made it a habit. And it was hard. I don't know why it was so hard to make flossing a habit, but it was. It took effort. It took a lot of effort. There are still some nights where I am so tired, I just want to go to bed, and I don't want to take the extra 60 seconds to floss my teeth, but I do, because I don't want to pay that extra dentist bill, and I don't want to be having them drilling in my teeth. So again, it takes a lot of personal effort, but it helps me stay clean, right? It pays off. It's worth it. There is effort in staying clean. All right, so looking further into making an effort to be holy. I am going somewhere with this. Uh, Romans chapters 6 through 8 have a a ton to say on it. It was hard to pick which verses, uh, but here, Romans 6, 12 through 13 says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Verse 13, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Let's stop there a little bit. Do not let sin reign. Okay, some effort there. Okay, just don't let it rain. So maybe, maybe your effort that you're thinking about right now can be, how can you do that? Maybe set yourself some boundaries. So if, if problems happen when you're at the computer by yourself after everyone's in bed, then you just know my boundary is I'm not going to turn the computer on after everyone's in bed. Okay? Set boundaries for yourself. Things like that. Okay? Do not let sin reign. Takes that, take that effort. And then Romans 6, 19 says, I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. That's an interesting word picture, right? Slaves to righteousness. If it takes a good word picture like that, do it. Take the effort. 
So review the nuggets. Do not let sin reign, verse 12. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin, verse 13. Or offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, in 619 there. It's good stuff. But again, if you're looking for, for nuggets on how, to have, how you can have more effort in holiness, I read through chapters 6 through 8 of Romans. It's really good. So maybe something that uh, could be helpful is using sticky notes or post-it notes, whatever you call them, and put, put these verses that we just read, highlight these verses in your Bible. Take, take a sticky note right out of verse and put it on your, bed, on your bathroom mirror. So that's the first thing you see in the morning. Or put it on your computer monitor at, at work or at home. Put it in your car, on your stereo, somewhere. Make some effort to remind yourself. Take some personal effort to set up some boundaries to live holy lives. Hebrews 12, 14 also has a, a good verse on this. It says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. All right, so what this is saying is that if we're not making an effort to live a holy life, we won't see God at work in our lives. It's as simple as that. That's a tough one. Like, well, I want to see God at work in my life. Okay, put some effort. Put some effort into being holy for God. Paul's not saying it's easy. It's hard. It really is. Probably like trying to clean the grease out of your screen without whip it. <laughs> I mean, that's just not good. Making an effort and living holy lives is not out of reach, folks. It's not. It is hard. It's about as hard as starting a flossing habit. But it's not out of reach. If you ask God, ask God, say, God, I need your help. He'll help you. If we invite him, he gives us his Holy Spirit to help us in our efforts. But it's up to us to make that effort, okay? We have to make the effort ourselves. So that's point number one. We can be made holy by making some personal effort. And now point number two. We can be made holy by... Accepting God's cleansing. Just got to accept it. Accept, not EXC, but ACC, accept God's cleansing. Leviticus 20, verse 8 says, Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. All right, let's stop there a little bit. Let me clarify my point number one. If you're, up, if you're back there thinking... Oh, we can't be holy without God. You're right. We can't. <laughs> we can't do it on our own strength. We cannot attain holiness without God. Okay? We cannot be holy on our own. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't put the effort forth. Okay? Here's some verses to remind us of that fact that we can't be holy on our own. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Or Isaiah 64, 5-6 How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts 
are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. We all fall short. Filthy rags. Ugh. That feels like a gut punch. But it's true. It's true. We're dirty and we need to accept God's bath, right? We just need to accept it. God's holiness. I found this excerpt from a guy online. His name is Pastor Donald Jacobs. I think it sums it all up pretty well. We can't make ourselves holy. We can only be holy because Jehovah Makadash sanctifies us. He declares us holy when we embrace Christ's holy work of forgiveness that he accomplished for us on the cross. Jehovah Makadash continues our sanctification until the day of Jesus' return when that sanctification is complete and we are like him. I thought he said it pretty well. Again, we cannot make ourselves holy. So the key word that I'm getting across here, or trying to get across, is accept. You have to accept it. The definition of accept, it's a big one. To receive something ha, willingly, something offered. To receive something offered willingly. And that's a tough thing to do. Maybe. So if we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, one of the simplest things of the gospel, and perhaps one of the toughest things for us to grasp, is that we just need to accept that there's nothing that we can do on our own to earn our holiness, to earn our godliness, to earn salvation. We only have to accept it. Many of you by now know that I grew up Mennonite, and uh, I love my Mennonite roots. Uh, but this is a tough concept for Mennonites and Amish to grasp. Like, so I have to... I have to just accept that fact. So we're, we're very service-minded, right? We, we're taught that hard work is really important, and it is. I will say hard work is very important. Dig that latrine hole or whatever. Work hard, it's good. But sometimes we mix that up and say, well, I've got to work for everything that I get. And so if God is offering me salvation, oh, I've got to work for that. God's offering me holiness and a spot in heaven, so I've got I to earn that. That's not how it works. I'm, hearing, I'm here telling you today that Jehovah Makadash makes us holy. We just have to accept that fact. I'm the Lord who makes you holy. So we can be good people. Some of the nicest, goodest people I know I don't think they have a relationship with Jesus. So what does that get them? Um, you can be the best person on your neighbor, in your neighborhood and do anything for, for anyone whenever. Give them the shirt off your back. Fix their lawnmower. Bake them a pie. Well, I don't know, whatever you want to do that's nice. And people can say all nice things about you. Wow, that's the nicest person I know. Wow, they're always so nice. But if you haven't accepted the fact that holiness is from God and God alone. And if you haven't accepted God in your heart, that doesn't add up to anything. And so again, the Bible is clear on the fact that we fall short on our own. 
even our best efforts are nothing without accepting the fact that we need a Savior. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. All right, I'm going to try something. Try to help make this point stick a little bit more here. It's making me a little bit nervous. I'm going to try it. Okay, I... I have something, and um, Christopher, we want to come up here, please. Just come up here. Yeah, it wasn't really a. If you want to, I want you to come up here. Just jump on up here. It's fine. This is Christopher. Everybody, say hi, Christopher. Hi. Wave at him like he waves. I love this guy. I have something for you, okay? All right. It's in here somewhere. There you go. That's for you. That that comes with a catch, though. You know what that is? No. You you have to accept it. Okay? Other than that, there's no strings attached. Okay, you can go sit back down. Thank you. Thanks, Christopher. Let's give him a hand. The fact is, Christopher, you really didn't do anything for that, did you? It was 50 bucks, all right? I gave Christopher $50, all right? And it's real. It looks pretty real. I printed them just this morning, so. No, that is straight from the bank. That is real. But the fact is, Christopher, Christopher didn't physically, manually do anything for that. I mean, he came up here, because I knew he would. I know Christopher. But he, all he had to do was accept it. And it's that simple, it's that simple and as difficult as that. With God's holiness for us, we can accept his holiness. But we have to. We just have to accept it. It's, the gift isn't ours unless we accept it, okay? Amen. One little fill-in before we close. We can't be holy unless we accept God's gift. So again, that's point number two. We can be made holy by accepting God's cleansing. You just got to accept it. This time I'm going to turn it over to Rose in the beacon and Clint here. Thanks, Lyndon. Wow, that was really good. That was better than when we talked about it, Lyndon. Way to go. (laughs) It's really good. So for ministry time today, um, I want to speak to two different groups of people. 
Um, and it really goes along our two points here. So the first point is about making some effort. And um, so I do feel like there's some of us here today who have been dabbling in sin, have been dabbling in um, what I would call questionable behaviors or tactics. And God just wants to convict you today and say, hey, it's, it's time to make some effort towards your own personal holiness, um, to not be lazy towards your holiness. This is a scripture that God reminded me of today. This is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. It says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. It's talking about Christ. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And that's just a comparison and saying, Jesus gave up everything for holiness, for our holiness, shed his blood. And, and the author saying, I mean, you haven't, you haven't fought that hard yet, have you? So we need to be making effort towards our own personal righteousness. So that's for some of the people that are here. I'm not going to have you stand up and admit it today, but I do encourage you to have a conversation with God and to settle in your mind that it's time for me to start winning some of these battles. I'm going to start making some effort. I'm going to do my part. Now, the second group, though, um, is coming from a very different place. These are individuals here today who have ex have been struggling against sin, have been fighting against sin, have asked God to cleanse them and make them pure, but you can't quite shake the feeling of shame from past sins. The enemy, the enemy loves to entice us and tell us how great this sin is going to be. He says, you got to do this. It's going to be wonderful. And then as soon as we step into that sin, then he says, how could you? What kind of person are you? What kind of Christian are you? What kind of husband, father, daughter are you to, to walk in that sin? And that's when he heaps shame and condemnation on top of us. And sometimes we feel so bad about it. We just keep receiving that. We just keep beating ourselves up over and over and over again. And this is the second point. We need to accept God's cleansing. Scripture says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's no shame for those who are in Christ. Let's all stand. Lyndon said at the beginning, we feel better when we are clean, when we are holy. And uh, so that's the opportunity today. I do want to do a, a time of prayer because if you're struggling with the feeling of being dirty, the feeling of shame, um, and you would like to have that feeling of being washed clean, I'm going to dismiss everyone in a closing prayer. And I'm going to invite you to come up here afterwards and let our prayer team pray with you. 
You don't have to walk out of here today feeling ucky. You don't have to. But sometimes we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to pray with us, to speak some truth into our lives so that we can hear God and speak to what's holding us back in this area. So I'm going to do a closing prayer, and then I'm going to invite those of you who you just you want to walk out of here feeling clean, knowing that you're clean before God and before others. I'm going to invite you to come up here and just join with the prayer team. I'll be up here as well, and we'll pray with you. Because I believe that God can do that cleansing, because he does. He has in my life. He has in my life. I see some of you nodding your heads. You know. <laughs> it's a good feeling when God steps in and removes the stains from our life. So, yeah, if you don't feel that, come up afterwards and let us pray with you. But let me pray a, a prayer of dismissal. God, I thank you for everyone that's here today. I thank you for your word that is true. <laughs> and I thank you, God, that you are the one who sanctifies us. Jehovah Makadesh. You make us clean. So Lord, I pray that you would encourage those who, who need to hear from you, need a touch from you today, that they would come forward, be bold enough to do that, and let us pray with them, Lord. And for the rest of us, God, I pray that we would walk in the knowledge that we are clean before you. And if some of us need to make a little more effort, God, I pray that you would help us to do that, remind us to do that as well. So go with us now as we leave. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys are dismissed. But again, I would encourage you, come on up if you could use more prayer. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.